Aguten Erev Shabbos. This Shabbos is called Shabbos Chazak because we read Parshas Vayichi and we finish the first Chumash of the Torah. Um, the first Chumash of the Torah is this beautiful Chumash describing the super tzaddikim that founded Klal Yisrael. Um, in fact, it's called Sefer Hayosher, the book of the just, because it details their story. Um, we typically think about Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, but really it's a story of four people. There's Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, and then Yosef. Um, if you break down the Chumash, Avram, we meet at the end of Parshas Noyach, and then his life story in Lech Lecha, Vayera, Chayisara. Toldos is primarily uh, the story of Yitzchak. Vayetze, um, Vayishlach, um, is really Yaakov. In Vayeshev, we're going from Yaakov into Yosef. Miketz, Vayigash, Vayichi, um, is very much Yosef, or Yaakov and Yosef. Um, the Pasuk says in the beginning um, of uh, Elotoldus, Yaakov, Yosef, that these are the children of Yaakov. It says Yosef because Yosef was the primary, most beloved, greatest, in many ways, son of Yaakov Avinu. Um, and the Chumash finishes with, with Yosef. And the last words of the Torah are the Yosef passes, of the, of the Parsha of the Chumashes. Uh, the Yosef passes away and he's buried in a casket in Mitzrayim. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Yosef. Yosef, which I believe we've mentioned, is the great, greatest of people who historically was probably the only time that we have a tzaddik, a holy man, who's standing at the helm of the superpower of the world for 80 years, right? We know that Yosef is the viceroy of Mitzrayim, um, directly beneath Pare. And as the Pasuk says, Pare told Yosef, really, the running of this country is yours. Whatever you say goes. And Yosef is going to be that, um, serve in that position for 80 years from when he's 30 years old, which is when he begins, until he's 110 and passes away in this Parsha. So again, let's, let's look at Yosef. Let's take a little closer look. Um, a fascinating thing about Yosef is that his, the story of his life is very much shaped by dreams. Um, when Yosef is just a child, he has those dreams that describe his brothers and ultimately even his father bowing to him. Um, those dreams, on the one hand, got him into trouble because when he told them that he uh, that, that inspired the jealousy of the brothers. But on the other hand, those are the dreams that really foretold the future of when he would be king. Um, later, Yosef is imprisoned, and again, there's dreams. There's the dreams of the, uh, the butler and the baker and the prison cell, um, and Yosef deciphers them, and that becomes ultimately the stepping stones through which he is going to ascend to his great level of leadership. So the story of Yosef, and, and then, I'm sorry, and then, of course, it's Paro's dreams that Yosef deciphers that puts him into the job of Viceroy of Mitzrayim. So we have again and again, Yosef's life is really shaped with dreams. And obviously there's a deep meaning to that. What is it about dreams and Yosef that they're, that they're what created him and brings him to who he is? <coughs> Hasidah says something fascinating about dreams. Um, dream, you know, we dream, all of us dream. And one of the things that happens in dreams is that all the regular boundaries that we have, that we know of, sort of fall away. A time doesn't really play any uh, importance in, in dreams, neither does space, right? We're in one place, we're in another place, we're in one town, we're in another time. 
Um, things that in this world, when we're thinking, you know, with uh, regular sober intellect, um, are impossible. They're impossible because this is here and that's there. This is now and this is then. All those different limitations. In dreams, everything comes together. So, as far as we're concerned, typically, you know, so it's, just, it's just dreams. You know, our mind is not working properly. So, we think silly things and we see silly things. But what are dreams really? Where do they come from? And again, Hasidus tells us something just, just amazing. And that is, in our world, everything is very limited and defined. And there's today and there's yesterday and tomorrow. And there's good things and there's bad things. And there's good places and bad places and, and, and good people and bad people and good actions and bad actions. Everything has its definition. In Hashem's perfect world, or in Hashem's perspective of our world, better said, everything plays its part, everything plays its role. And there are no opposites. There's no divisions. It's all one perfect master plan. It's one perfect picture where everything contributes and everything creates the perfection that Hashem was looking for ultimately in creation. Everything serves its purpose and everything is linked into everything else. So all of those limitations and definitions that we define our way of thinking by are from our perspective, on a much higher level, from the perspective of the creator, from the, from the perspective of the master plan. They're not opposites. They're not really divided. They're a beautiful picture that complements each other. In dreams, we're not being silly. We're getting a glimpse at something that's beyond the way that we normally look at things. To us, dreams are jumbles, you know, connections of things that don't seem to make any sense, and they don't. But really what's going on in dreams, <coughs> excuse me, at night or when we're sleeping and our soul ascends and we go to higher places and more spiritual and holy places, suddenly we're getting a different vantage point and we're seeing how those barriers are broken down. But for most of us, that remains a jumble because we wake back up, we're back in this world, that was just silly and that was just jumbled. Yosef's greatness in the Torah is his ability to decipher dreams. Interestingly, in this week's Parsha, when Yaakov is blessing his sons and he blesses Yosef, he says, Ben Poiros Yosef. The word Poiros means grace. He's a son of grace, of Chain. But it also, if you play with the letters of Poiros, it also has other, there are other words that are within those letters. One is Poiser. Poiser means to decipher. He was a Poiser Chalaymas. He deciphered dreams. But again, if you move the letters around again, you'll have Toifer. Toifer is to sew, to sew things together. How did Yosef decipher dreams? By sewing them together. He was able to see and understand how these aren't just random things or silly things um, or crazy things. He was able to sew them together with reality. He was able to see and show how the different things that happen are actually a tapestry that have to be sewn together and then we're able to appreciate their beauty and their relevance. <clears throat> this was Yosef HaTzadik. Yosef was on this level where he was able to see the connection of everything. There were no contradictions. Things were all part of a beautiful master plan. When the, when the Shvatim come to Yosef the first time down to Egypt, the Pasuk says something interesting. It says, Yosef recognized them, but they did not recognize him. And the question is, why did his ten brothers not recognize him? And Rashi gives us the simple um, 
explanation because he left when he was a child. Now he's an adult. Now he has a beard. Um, he looks different. He's garbed as a king. They didn't recognize him, which is a pshat explanation, though difficult somewhat to handle because, you know, a person changes with a beard, but 10 brothers, none of them even had occurred. None, it didn't even occur to any of them that this is their brother. He looked so different. Hasidah says that this that they didn't recognize him had, had little to do with physical features. The Shvatim were not able to recognize the type of level that Yosef was at. Meaning, the Shvatim were shepherds. Why were they shepherds? Because they wanted to be spiritual people. They wanted to be holy people. They wanted to be connected to Hashem. So they separated themselves from the worldly and went off to the fields with their sheep, where they were able to sit the entire day devoted to their spirituality and their relationship to Hashem. Being a shepherd is, divorced, is divorcing oneself from the basic going-ons in the world. Yosef, on the other hand, was the extreme opposite. He was the viceroy of the superpower of the world. He was extremely involved in everything going on in this world, in the mundane, and the materialistic, in the runnings of the greatest country on earth. Obviously, he was totally immersed in this world. For the Shvatim, <clears throat> that couldn't be a tzaddik. That couldn't be a spiritual person, someone who's so involved in the worldly and the materialistic. They did not recognize him. They couldn't fathom such a level. But Yosef? For him, there was no contradictions. Yosef, as we said, is the one who sews things together. Yosef sees how the spiritual and the physical are all part of Hashem's beautiful world. They're all part of serving Hashem. They all play part of Hashem's plan in creation. So being the viceroy of Egypt and being involved in the economical and, the, uh, and every, every aspect of the land wasn't in any way a contradiction to him being a perfect tzaddik. And this is something that the Shvatim could not understand. Interestingly, Yosef has this terribly difficult life until he becomes king. He's sold into slavery by his brothers. He's then a slave in Egypt. He's then a prisoner in Egypt for over 10 years. And ultimately, Yosef sees all of that as just steps in Hashem's mission for him. When the brothers come to him and they say, please forgive us, please forgive us for this terrible act. Yosef says, you, you didn't send me here. Hashem sent me here. And this was all in order to be able to provide for you and to your families. Um, this is part of Hashem's beautiful plan. Yosef didn't see his life as different parts and different steps and good times and bad times. It was all part of one beautiful tapestry, which is why Yosef, wherever he was, remained the same. He was always successful. He was always Mikadesh, Shem Shemaim, sanctifying Hashem's name. The Pasik says when he was a slave by Petifar, then Petifar loved him and made him in charge. When he was a prisoner in prison, he was made in charge there. At every step of the way, Yosef shone because there were no contradictions in Yosef's life. And that's why Yosef was able to be the greatest of kings, of the greatest of countries, and the holiest of people. And they were all the same. The Pasuk finishes, the Chumash finishes, I mentioned earlier, with the fact that Yosef was interred. He was buried in Mitzrayim. And the Rebbe makes the point in many Yasicha that Yosef said, don't take me out of Mitzrayim as long as the Jews are still here. Yaakov went back to Israel to be buried, or was taken back to Israel to be buried. Yosef was interred in Mitzrayim because Yosef remains the power for us in Golos. As we are in Golos, in, in exile, and interestingly, Golos is called a Cholom. 
The Pasuk says, we say it in, before benching, Hayinu kechilmim, that when Mashiach comes, we'll look back on Golos and say, wow, that was a dream. Now, why was it a dream? Because Golos is a place of opposites. It's a place of spirituality and materialism. It's ups and downs. It's difficult times and good times. It's the ultimate dream Golos. Yosef gives us the power wherever we are, whenever we are, to see it all as one beautiful painting that Hashem makes. And every part of our life only contributes to that. And when we have that perspective, nothing becomes a contradiction and nothing in any way shakes our faith and our connection to Hashem. And in every situation, we're able to succeed and to fulfill that mission that Hashem put us here in the world for. A guten Shabbos.